All right. It's Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. Uh, this week, we've got the inimitable Neil deGrasse Tyson, world-famous astrophysicist. Neil has a lot to say uh, in a lot of different ways. He's kind of all over the place on this uh, podcast in a good way. He's kind of just like pinballing through the cosmos with his thoughts. Uh, and he had so much to say that, A, I forgot to even get into the fact that he loves wine. And B, I forgot to mention his new book, Accessory to War, The Unspoken Alliance Between Astrophysics and the Military. And yeah, I know that doesn't have a lot to do with food, but don't worry. Neil loves food, uh, loves to cook, and makes apparently the best French toast ever. All right, let's do this. Here's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil, I'm going to be honest with you. I was worried. I assume you're always honest with me, <laughs> not in just in this moment. This moment especially. I was worried. I was like, oh, Neil, he's an astrophysicist. I don't even really know what that means. Maybe we're not going to have enough to talk about. And then it literally took us about 45 minutes just to get from my office to the studio just right now. <laughs> you were in the test kitchen talk to, talking to Brad about kombucha. You got a seedy, healthiest chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. You just stopped by, I have no idea what this thing is next door, some beauty thing where they had splits of champagne. The open you, of the beauty salon. Yeah, yes. you, uh-huh. you grabbed, grabbed a split of champagne, chatting all the way. Have you always been so talkative and engaged? Oh, I like talking to people who know more about something than I do. Yes. Then I'm all questions and all ears. So in the test kitchen, what are you doing? What are you doing with that butter? Yeah. What are you doing with that concoction? Uh, why is it that color? What What's happening next? And we go to the photo studio, and she's arranging uh, Brussels sprouts leaf by leaf on the plate with tweezers. <laughs> and I, so how are you doing? How are you taking that photo? And what's the light angle? And so I just like learning. Yeah. And it's not often I'm in a place where everybody knows more about something else than I do. I'm with my colleagues or I'm in the public where they want me to share the universe with them. So I'm just a I'm just a kid in a candy shop in a place such as Condé Nast. And who doesn't like food, right? I, well, exactly. Right. Everyone, for the bon appetit. Right. Everyone likes food. Whether right. or not you cook it, that's another matter. But it's, you know, one thing I always tell sort of younger people who want to get into journalism, um, I, I honestly believe this, the most important ingredient, if you will, uh, in being a successful journalist is curiosity. You have to want to ask questions and learn. Yeah. And, and yeah otherwise, you're, you, you're ossified in your own worldview, and then that reveals itself in your articles and anything you write. You're, fitting, you're shaping what you investigate to fit how you think the world is or should be, and that's not a good journalist. A good journalist is a, is a wide-open conduit for the reader to explore with you all the mysteries of the world. So, for instance, when we were in the test kitchen just now, meanwhile, we were, we were just talking about Barry White before we went on air. You are sounding <laughs> Test so, kitchen and Barry White. There you <laughs> are sounding so much more Barry than I am. I, I feel like very... I feel like I need to talk like this. No, it's Barry White. <laughs> well, uh, Neil, let me ask you a question. Love, uh, love unlimited. Um, <laughs> Can I tell you the highest compliment I ever got? It was in my Twitter stream, and someone wrote, I'm the straightest guy there ever was, but if Neil Tyson showed up at my doorstep with a Barry White CD and a bottle of champagne, <laughs> I'm letting him in. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's the highest compliment uh, yeah, I, I ever got. <laughs> oh, but oh, so so we're in the test kitchen, and Andy Barragani was uh, testing a. He's your YouTube guy. Is that well, right? there's, we have a couple YouTube guys, but Brad, the guy who makes the kombucha, B A Brad. So we can talk about Brad, but Andy was doing the pork in milk. Yeah. Uh, and the first question you asked was like. Well, why milk? What does that? What does that bring to the equation? Well, I said, does it tenderize it? What is? Yeah. It, what are you after there? Yeah. 
And it's interesting because like that's a Tuscan dish, and it, when you and nobody doesn't love Tuscany. No, except the, what's the wine, not, the what's food, not to the like. place, right, right? Sunsets, everything, and that's why they literally make movies and books about it. It's like you, it's 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 the most cliche place to go, and then when you go there, it's you're re- like, it's real. Yeah, you're like, oh, now I understand why it's a cliche. <laughs> you're like, this is ridiculously beautiful, and the food's all good. And the only thing that's not good there is the bread. They don't put salt in the bread. I don't know if you ever noticed this oh, in Tuscany. Wait, wait. So the Tuscan round bread we get here locally, they. They must salt it up a little bit. Yes, yes. Or at least the outer syrup. So, but in Tuscany, you're saying, mm, Yeah, you always notice that there's always bread on the table, but yeah. no one actually eats it. It's like a centerpiece. Okay, but you can surely compensate for that by salted butter. Yes, and they also, but they also salt their food so much. I think the bread is kind of more of a, yeah. a balance. Yeah, I think the, they got the total balance there. You, but, can't, you can't go and surgically remove a food and then complain yeah. about it. Yeah, I you, do. You, you got to be in the full cultural expression. I do wonder sometimes. You can't. You can't go to Mexico. You know these tortillas are dry. No, you're supposed yeah, to put stuff on <laughs> it. That's true. It's in context. Yeah. Would you please like be do right by the region? What's interesting, like with the, the sort of the history of food, and you wonder, like, well, how how and why is 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 a is a pork shoulder being cooked in milk. And when the milk cooks, it kind of curdles and lends a flavor element. But is it because, oh, maybe people didn't have wine at the time to braise, or maybe wine was too expensive and whatnot. And there's usually a sort of a reason. No, no. In Italy, wine was never too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Italy's the largest wine-producing region in the world. They got cheap wine, expensive wine, medium wine. There's always a wine there's you can always, buy. Th- that's a great thing about yeah, Wasn't it true in Europe? Wine... Wine and beer was cheaper than water. Yeah. That, so, what are you telling me here? I, I don't know. I'm, okay, I, fine. You, 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 you pulled that out of your ass. You pulled that out of your ass. I'm paying attention to you. Okay. I didn't know I was have to go through like the scientific method or whatever <laughs> the hell. With, like, I'm, that's what we food people do. We talk as if we know what we're talking about, and then no one calls us well, on it. <laughs> Good point. But let me say that food in the kitchen is anyone's first scientific laboratory. Oh, yes. Do you remember, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. do you remember the first thing you made? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I like to make the things that I liked. So I learned my family recipe for French toast, and I make that, mm. and it's still my favorite French toast. It's, it's so much my favorite, I don't order French toast. The only French toast I eat is my own French toast. I'm like that way with omelets. I don't eat order omelets because they're never going to match up. What kind of bread do you use? Uh, so ideally, it's some kind of peasant bread where the where the holes are large. I hate bread with small holes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I don't know why. I've mm. thought long and hard about it, but I will rather not eat bread with small holes than eat it just because I need, wanted bread. Yeah. I'll, I'll forego the bread okay. if all you have are small. The large holes, it tends to be, is it the, the bread has a texture that somehow serves my palate better than bread with small holes. See, I'm, I was going to make some explanations as to why that is. But, please, but please. I don't no, have an explanation. But you're going to call me on it. And no, then, if I don't have an explanation, <laughs> then we'll tussle over it, maybe. You're going to throw I don't, I don't have a better explanation You're going to throw right some basic science at me. I'm going to be like, don't. <laughs> Go. But, but it on. is, but you know, it's, it's the yeast, it's the aliveness of the bread that gives those yawning, gaping holes. Sure. And like when you touch it to your nose sometimes, it's kind of wet almost. Yeah, and you get a exactly. really good yes. fresh loaf. Yes. Okay, so then basic eggs and milk. Like what do you, what do you, what's your, what are you bathing it in? Uh, so... Uh, you mean if, if for breakfast? Yeah, for yeah, breakfast. What kind of French breakfast? toast. So if I'm, oh, oh, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. So uh, my French toast is uh, depending if I'm cooking for many or few, or whether uh, I feel like I can afford a few extra calories. Um, and that trade-off is whether I'm going to use two percent milk, which is our standard milk mm, in the refrigerator, yeah. or whether I cut that with cream. Ooh, and nice. that sort of thickens up yeah. the batter a bit. 
and I usually I prefer mine a little eggy, so I'll throw in an extra egg than a recipe yep. would call for. And what I like most is either Vietnamese or Madagascar cinnamon. Uh, and the tough thing about cinnamon, this is a little, little tactic here. If you mix it and then you add cinnamon, the cinnamon does not get absorbed. It just floats. It's like right? powder it, yeah. on top. Yeah. So the way you do that is you layer the bottom of the mixing pan with cinnamon first. Ooh. Then you crack the eggs on top of that. Then the eggs grab all the cinnamon. And oh. then you stir the eggs. Now that it's, it's, lo- it's, it's embedded into the viscosity of the eggs. Now you add the milk, and now the cinnamon is in, in for the See, this ride. is one of those annoying things I've done before, and I'm like, why? Oh, why? You, put it, you sprinkle it on top at the last yeah, minute. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right, right. It just doesn't work. Do you ever add vanilla extract? I did that once, and I said, I don't need the vanilla mm, on okay. this. Because I'm, vanilla, though it isn't explicitly that, we associate it with sweet things. Yeah. And so to taste vanilla in my French toast, when I'm about to put you know, uh, genuine maple syrup on it, is a violation of the maple syrup Ooh. for me. Yeah, right. I don't need vanilla competing yeah, with yeah. the maple. You got to so res- respect the maple. Respect the maple. So yeah. you know, keep the vanilla for things that need it. And I only use the uh, what was formerly known as grade C maple syrup, and now they call it grade A, very dark amber. Mm. So it used to use it only for cooking, uh, historically. Like they would never sell it because yeah. it was so. Raw. It yeah. Was so you almost saw particles in it. <laughs> so <laughs> they filter that out and make the mostly transparent uh, maple syrup for the refined. And I felt like the slave days where the, yeah. you know, the, the slave owners ate the white refined flour. Yeah. And all the whole wheat went to the slaves, and so all the cool food was the slaves. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, you know. But then it was also you. You'd often see that with meat and stuff, like those tougher sort of cuts. But those were the ones that ultimately ended up yielding the most flavor. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know? get inventive on how to prepare it. Yeah. So, so definitely dark amber. And I, as a native of New York City, longtime, full-time, lifetime resident of New York, I try to buy goods that are grown in New York. Uh, it's not a sort of a commitment, but it's just if I have the option, I'm going to buy New York cheddar cheese. I'm going to buy New York uh, maple syrup and New York potatoes as yeah. opposed to Idaho just to just to feed the local yeah, economy yeah. the regional economy and uh, there's not it's not a deep philosophy of mine it's just a simple you know it's it's the it's from the buy local uh, uh, point of view do you so all right before we, I'm going to get off French toast in one minute do you fry it in oil or butter oh yeah so in the old days I did it in <laughs> the old days <laughs> uh, in the olden days I did it in Crisco oh wow and uh, then it's it's basically like the edges are fried bread. There's yeah. like a like a what do you think the thing you get at the Italian oh, like the fried street dough. festival? Yeah, yeah. What's oh, the zeppoli? Word? The zeppoli. Yeah. And so so you get a little bit of zeppoli action mm. on the edges mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's where a little puffy. the liquid would rise up above the base of the French toast. So you have more fried surface than just one layer at the bottom. So, but then I said we you know Crisco. When I say Crisco, I mean Crisco hydrogenated Crisco. Oh yeah, because you can buy the oil. Itself. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. buy the Crisco. Yeah. Then would have oil. So, so my mom always uses in her famous peanut butter cookies, which I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, she does half peanut butter, no, half Crisco, half butter, because she likes the crispiness that the Crisco lends, but the flavor that the butter introduces. Okay, so I'll get to chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. In a, I mean to peanut butter cookies in a minute. Chocolate chip or peanut butter? Well, both, but peanut butter is yeah, her so specialty. That, it's my favorite cookie when Ooh. done right. Yeah. 
and I'll I've got talk about that. I've got opinions. Go, you got opinions, so yeah. I want to bring them on. Mm. Uh, so, so my French toast started out with Crisco, the, the lard substitute, yep. Crisco. And then I said, we can't keep doing this. And so then I just went to vegetable oil. I don't like it as much as in Crisco, mm-hmm. but I, I just got used to it. I did it a few times in butter. And I said, this is not necessary because I always put butter, butter on, on my French toast yeah. afterwards. I just don't need to And do also that. the burning point of butter is a lot lower. It's, it's a lot lower unless you, you clarify it, of course, which I do do when I – if I want sort of a butter steak thing, I'll clar- if I do a pan-fried steak, I will clarify butter and use it for that. It works great. All right. I'm going to be honest with you again, what? Neil. What? So you did uh, you, on your podcast Star Talk. Star Talk. Thanks yes. for mentioning that. You, uh-huh. <laughs> you had interviewed Anthony Bourdain back in 2013. I did. And so we interviewed him twice. Yes. Yes. And, and after, recently, like a few months before he. And died. then after his passing, you then replayed some of those original interviews. No, we no. we played a recent interview that hasn't aired yet. It's going to air this fall. Okay, but 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 you did a podcast with where you were listening to some of the original one, correct? With that, I was listening to that podcast. Okay, yes, that was yes. also re-released. Yeah, that was re-released. That yes. was a full audio, and yeah. then so what we do is a Star Talk, uh, Jump Species, and also appears on television twenty episodes a year out of the fifty we make, yeah. the one per week we make, and National Geographic, which airs it, they basically cherry pick which ones they mm. want to put on, yeah. and they usually get our most. A high, highest profile yeah. celebrity. And so uh, we had one of Anthony Bourdain filmed like in November or something, December, full up interview, and it was still being edited. We rushed the edit and then we aired that. So I want to talk about Bourdain for a minute, but I also want to talk about, I felt like in 2013, I don't know if you were just playing simple or if you, I felt like you were asking food questions as if you didn't know the answer, where it seemed like you know a hell of a lot about food. And I don't know if that's in the last five years or if you've always been sort of a food guy. No, I've always cared about food. And uh, I'd have to go back and find out what questions I was asking him. They're questions I would ask on the likelihood that I'll get a different answer because the person has a different life experience. So you might already know the answer, but you you want to hear his answer. No, I might know an answer. Yes, exactly. But there could be variations on an answer. In fact... Because you already know what you know, you don't know what he knows. Correct, correct. And I value the knowledge of others. And if I may share this possibly mind-blowing fact that other than things you do can I need to put a helmet on for this <laughs> just to keep the brain contained <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other than things you can count like there are six pencils in this drawer other than things such as that every answer to every question you have to agree on what level answer will satisfy the person who answered the question because there is no absolute answer to that question. I'll give you an example. You might say, what temperature is it outside? It was 72. Well, is it 72 and one-tenth? Is it 69 and nine-tenths? Oh, your thermometer doesn't measure tenths. No, it doesn't. So you don't even know. (laughs) I don't don't even know. So so we have agreed (gasps) that you are okay with an answer within one degree. But that's not the answer. No. That is an answer that we're all satisfied with. They're like, good enough. They're a good enough answer. That's yeah. the better way to say that. So, so you know, I can say, how tall are you? Are you 5'9", 6'2"? You're 6'2". Are you 6'2 and an eighth and a 32nd? Are you exactly 6'2"? What measured that? Oh, it was this wall ruler, yeah. and you stood up next to it. And, and the, was, it, was I standing up straight? The, the line in the 6'2", has its own thickness. Hmm. 
The thickness of the line that says you are six foot two has a thickness. Where are you within <laughs> Where, the thickness of that, that line? And a sharpie gets pretty thick. And a sharpie gets thick. Okay, that's right. If you, if as a kid, you mark on the wall yeah. and then measure up to that mark. Where in the mark are you measuring? So, um, if you're if, if you're measuring the contents of food, you you, you want a flat teaspoon of 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 baking soda or baking powder, right? Well, how flat is it? Did you was it mashed down? Is there a clump in there? Is this so like is this like country style? Kind, you know, scoop yeah, or a is pinch it, of this or is and it a test kitchen. It's scoop. a test kitchen scoop. Yeah, and so, so, as a scientist, we have to be self aware of the fact that an answer it will be contained within some boundaries that we can accept as an answer, but there's no absolute answer to it. I accept that. Let me ask you a question about uh, Bourdain. What do you think it was about Bourdain that made him resonate with so many people? He's a regular guy. Beyond quote unquote foodies. He's a regular guy. But aren't, but aren't there a lot of regular guys yeah, out and there? Yeah, they also connected. Uh, 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 Emerald connected. Yeah. I mean, he birthed the Food Channel. Yeah. So uh, you could argue he was more successful than Bourdain. Yeah. Uh, financially, in terms of the empire that he built, you look at other people. Okay, two fat ladies. I'm watching one of their shows, and they're lining some pan with bacon strips and cooking mm. something oh, inside yeah, 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 this yeah. lined pan mm. of bacon strips. So fat was a. So I'm thinking these are like regular people who just love the flavor of fat, and there's no facade to them. There's no, and so I think authenticity matters. And mm -hmm. and Anthony Bourdain was authentic. Yeah. Uh, his most recent show, Parts Unknown, gains extra attention because it's half travelogue. It's not just Anthony in a kitchen. In fact, it's never Anthony in a kitchen. So to say he got this famous solely for being a chef, no. He got this famous, at least half the fame that he enjoyed, for being a culturally sensitive tourist. And when you're touring, you want to absorb the culture is it what people say is it what they dress and his aspect of that culture is what they eat and in america we have squeamish palates especially for most of the stuff that's eaten in the in the developing world and he went straight in yeah. and brought you with him and it was unpretentious and he would if he didn't like something he would say it if something was was exotic in an interesting way and he could respect it but not like it he'll tell you that too so that authenticity, the travelogue, the sensitivity to multiculturalism as expressed through food and the relationship people have with one another over the food. You're not, you don't get that in modern Food Channel shows. Yeah. So I think you need to credit the rest of what he is, was as a human being for that success. It also comes back to curiosity. He was oh, curious. He yes. wanted to learn every step of the way. Yes. You know? Yes. Do you think... You would have been you regardless whether you became an astrophysicist. Would you be in front of a microphone talking about something and having opinions and, and asking questions whether okay. or not you got into science? So actually, what may not seem obvious is that I publicly express very few opinions. In fact, it's near zero. It doesn't feel that way because I speak with yeah. sort of enthusiasm, enthusiasm and, and, and vigor. And yes. passion and vim and vigor. And generally... Only opinions are expressed in that way. But if you, you can analyze word for word, phrase for phrase, sentence for sentence, generally what it comes to is an if-then statement. Meaning? Meaning. 
I'm not going to tell you to support the space program because I'm that's your own opinion. I'm not. I, what I will do is I'll present for you the causes and effects, the consequences of you not supporting it versus supporting it, and then you decide. But you, but typically, and it's based on a study of history, yeah. of funding, of innovation, of research, of civilization, of benefits to civilization. What the, the opportunity cost of not going there? Yeah. But I think an, an, an effective debater, arguer, such uses facts to state their case and, and doesn't rely on opinion. Is that fair to say? No, a debater, <laughs> a, a debater, goes up against someone else because mm-hmm. otherwise, what are you debating? Right? Mm-hmm. There's someone else who has a different view. And then the winner of that debate is the one who is uh, most articulate and charismatic and has nothing to do with the content. You've never seen me in a debate. I, there are all kinds of people I could be debating. Astrologers, creationists, were you, were you, flat earthers. There's no end of people I could be debating, and I just don't, because that is not the platform for the revelation of what is objectively true in this world. Were you ever on the debate team in high school? Never. Now, you were, I read... Uh... And the debate team... Shall we remind ourselves? You go to a debate competition, not knowing which side of an argument you're going to be yeah. assigned to argue. To me, that is that is disturbing. Okay, <laughs> because because what it, if if there is no objectively true side of that argument, then why are you debating it? It's the art of the debate. Fine. <laughs> then the winner is the one that's who's like, most articulate. That's, that's like if you're a political consultant, you, which, whichever, whoever your candidate is, the winner you're argue is for who's them. most articulate. Yeah. Scientists, as a community, are not as articulate as other communities out there, yeah. and we're trying to plead a case, and you're not going to believe us because we're not articulate. That's fucked up. Yeah. Excuse me. No, it's all right. It's okay. true. Let me uh, fact or fiction. You were captain of. Oh, your, by the way. Yeah. By the way. Uh, <laughs> not to jump on every word that you utter. Uh, I don't like using fiction as as an equivalent of false. <laughs> you don't you don't go to How a bookstore and yeah. say show me all the <laughs> false right. books. Yeah, fiction so, fiction do, can still be true. No, no, whether or not it's yeah. You don't say show me all the false books. <laughs> do you? Do you? No, you say show me the fiction. Neil, so, it's me... not that it's true or not true. Yeah. It's a story yeah. that you learn okay. from. Okay. How about this? True or false? You were captain. No, thank you. You were captain of your high school wrestling team. Yes, I was, and undefeated. Oh, wow! At what weight? Winning, winning all senior year matches what? except for one, which I so, so pinning my yeah. opponent in Jeez. all matches except for one, where I just won on points. Were you the guy who had to eat to keep on weight, or did you have to fast to keep off weight? I was about exactly one ninety pounds. So what was your? So what was your? What, talk to me about your college diet. So this is in the eighties. Yeah, early I ate whatever 80s? I wanted. Yeah. So you could. This you weren't one of those kids that was dieting and trying to make the oh, weight. Oh no no, no 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 no! I was probably burning. We had two hour workouts. Um, plus, I rode my bicycle everywhere. I was probably burning four to five thousand calories a day. Wow! Yeah, yeah. probably four thousand, and on a busy day, five thousand. So I just ate whatever the hell I wanted. How and many? How many are you burning now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, eight hundred a day. <laughs> oh yeah, it's tough getting older, man. Metabolism down. Oh man, man, and I yeah, I can't ride my bike everywhere like I used to because it just yeah. doesn't work out. I can't arrive at the interview sweaty. No, that's not good. Doesn't work out that way, so yeah. So I, I, what I do is I'm on the no seconds diet. How about that? Ooh. I cut your calories in half. See right away. My, my problem is, which I've talked about before with friends. I, I love pasta and I make pasta at home. But the problem is, I always make too much, and then as I'm doing the dishes, I'm like, oh, I'll do the dishes, and then I'm just kind of like 
troughing you at the possible. You keep can't stop. eating while you're doing the dishes? Well, you got the, That's you're doing out of the, control, dude. I know. That's the problem. I can't. If I have a thing of like pesto pasta sitting there and I'm doing the glasses, I'm no, just you, grabbing. No, you, you put it in the Tupperware and put it back in the fridge. You, put, you put it in the Tupperware. Out of sight. <laughs> you put it in the Tupperware. You put it out of sight. So what we've been doing is we're, we're eating off of smaller, smaller plates. There you go. Portion, small, portion control. Portion control. And I try to resist seconds. And I don't always succeed, but it's, it helps greatly. I mean, yeah. my gosh, I used to eat seconds and thirds. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Like if the more calories you consume versus what you burn, it's, it's a pretty straight equation. Well, I once tweeted that uh, a, a diet book written by physicists would have one sentence. Mm. It was burn calories at a higher rate than you consume them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the entire <laughs> diet plan. And But why do we make it so complicated wait, wait, for so ourselves? People said, but it's more complicated than that. Is it? No, it's not. So, yeah, it's, it's, more, it's subtle, but it's not more complicated than that. The subtle point is the kind of calories you eat affect your your appetite. Yeah. So your your carb calories put you on an appetite roller coaster, and so controlling your urges becomes a major part of a successful diet. But it doesn't change the simple fact that if you burn more calories than you consume, you will lose weight. Period. Period. Yeah. Period. You grew up in uh, New York City, the Dub Bronx. The Bronx. The Bronx in the 1970s. The 60s. 60s and 70s. You were I was high, an high observer school? of the 60s, a participant in the 70s. Okay, there you go. High yeah. school in the 70s. Yeah. What was it like back then? Because I, I, we've all seen Wait, Saturday when, Fever. Let's go 70s. 70s. Let's go, yeah, mid 70s. Okay, it was all the same illicit sex as the 60s, except without any mission statement behind it. Mm. In the 60s, it was make love, not war. The, you know, the peace generation and the make love yep. generation. In the 70s, they kept making love, but the war was over. So I, I was going to ask you about, I meant the food oh, the in food. New York. <laughs> but, you know, that's cool. <laughs> like, listen, I mean, because I remember I used to come to New York when I was. I'm Somewhere. Like, uh, Washington, D.C., okay. born and raised. My uncle. D.C., baby. And, All yeah, right. born and raised. The district. And I'd come to New York in, in the 70s to visit my uncle and grandparents. And, and I always thought what was so interesting about the city back then was unlike the rest of America, you wouldn't see like fast food chains and stuff. You see a lot of little pizzerias and diners and mean, Chinese restaurants in New York City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there wasn't McDonald's on every corner. At Interesting that, point. that you say that because the first time I went to Los Angeles, all I noticed were the fast food places. Yeah. So that that's consistent with your observation that I'm in New York. There's some standard of the frequency of restaurants and what type they are. And, but then once I saw L.A. and all of the fast food, then a lot of other things made sense to me. The fact that the movie American Graffiti was, you know, orbited a, a drive-in yeah. diner, right? That was a cultural, physical um, pla place where, where life happened, right? And even to this day, of course, the, the fast food culture. Uh, there are, there's an In-N-Out burger chain near LAX. Oh yeah, it's like I know right that under one, one yeah. of the runways. Okay, <laughs> and I had a you know extra half hour before my plane. I said, let me go in. So I go in, and I have a car service. So I, could you pull off in here? And I said, should we get in line in the car line? And I said, I'll just get out and go inside. There are like thirty cars online for the drive-through. Right. I always and there's go like inside. Three people inside yeah. online. Wait, three people inside. Thirty cars, and and I say. It, 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 do you love your car so much that you have to wait in it for your food, get your food, and eat your food in the car? I, I can't. I still yeah. cannot fathom that. The car, the radio, the air conditioner. I can't. I can't yeah, I, can't I had. Have. I was out in, uh, in Northern California a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Same thing. I'm like, I'm going in. Going in. What'd you get? 
Uh, so I, I'm simple. I yeah. like, you know, we put too much on on the burger. Where's the burger? What is yeah. the burger? So I just get a cheeseburger and a shake. Mm-hmm. And, oh, shake. And the fries. Oh, I'm a shake fries. guy. Fries. Well, let me, speaking of shake, so you- And I'm, I'm disappointed they didn't have a malt. I have a oh, very yeah. special relationship the with malt. The malt is more of an East Coast old school thing. Oh, yeah. That's, like yeah. soda fountain Yeah. I mean, that's okay. more I didn't know it was East Coast. physical graffiti, you know. I'm going to say, like, it's just, I feel like it's more New York, Midwest sort of thing, like happy days, you know? Uh, it, yeah. Let me, all right, so let me, okay. speaking of, of shakes- Hayden Planetarium, Natural uh, Museum. What does that have to do with shakes? Well, you're across here from a shake shack these oh, yes, days. Yes, we are. How damaging has that been terrible. on your diet? It's terrible. It's terrible. With Shake Shack, by the way, I will now express an opinion. Mm, please. Okay? The Shake Shack burger is my favorite fast food burger. Yeah, it's good. And I thought about it. I said, why is that so? Then I went to In-N-Out because now you start a war, right? Because In-N-Out fans and oh, the Shake Shack we fans. We will get emails. It's bi-coastal yeah, yeah. and it's this. So here's the difference, I think, and I would love your reaction I'll, to this I'll have opinion. opinions also. The In-N-Out burger is, is a really good burger imagined by a fast food burger chain. Whereas the, in, the Shake Shack burger is a gourmet chef entering the fast food burger marketplace. So the 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 Shake Shack burger is a fast food burger imagined from above. <laughs> and the In N Out burger is a fast food burger imagined from below. Yeah. All right, I got you. And so here's the difference. If I know I'm gonna have dinner at Shake Shack, I'm thinking about that all day. Mm, right. And then after I've had the burger, I'm thinking about it for hours after yeah. I'm done. I say, wow, yeah. I had a Shake Shack burger earlier today. Yeah. So there's just something about Plus they have malt. They, yeah. they put malt in Shit. there. And the fries are really good. You never get the order right, though. Something about it. Oh, really? Yeah, they, there's always I mean, an they always error. Got the, well, it's, it's crazy. And you got the buzzer. You got to grab the buzzer and have Yeah, I like time. the electronics of that. Yeah. But, uh-huh. Well, the Shake Shack burger, what I like about the Shake Shack burger, we sometimes get them on Hungover Fridays here at Bon App, and you order like 30 of them. And they actually kind of get better after like 20 minutes in a bag because they kind of like, they're a very moist, almost squishy, molten burger that kind of like melts together. And you just mm. take that bite of it. And the it comes American together with cheese, the bread. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the potato roll. Yeah, the And potato the American roll. cheese yeah. and the moist sort of the, the grind of the short ribs and brisket mm-hmm. or whatever else is in that burger. Uh, and I like the crinkle cut fries. There was that, there was that uh, revolt. I, I need them well done, though. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not having fries unless they're that, that's dark. A, that's a pro move yeah. to ask your fries. Also, my wife is from Buffalo, and she's always says when you get f- wings, especially out of Buffalo, always ask for your wings extra crispy laid on the sauce because there's nothing worse than wings that have too much sauce and are kind of flabby. They're mushy, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, the sauce can mush it out. Yeah. Right, right. You want the crispy to yeah. withstand exactly. the sauce. Extra crispy, light sauce, maybe some sauce on the side Good. to add yourself. Nice Buffalo advice there. Yeah, Buffalo advice. Uh, let me ask you some famous questions. Uh, what was what was more fun um, um, oh, do we finish the French toast? Well, well I, I don't. What, I what do you butter. put on it? Oh yeah, what, so yeah. I, I, I grade a very dark mm-hmm. amber, formerly grade C. Mm-hmm. I um, and butter. Yeah. And generally, I try to uh, have some bacon around the side. How uh, do you, like, how do you, how do you take your bacon? Um, you know, bacon is so it's such a crapshoot, and uh, I like my bacon crispy, okay, and crunchy. Do you do it border, in a- border, bordering on burnt? You like it brittle. Like brittle, very nice. Do you do you ever do it where you bake it in the oven? I did that a few times. Yeah. It's it's easier that way because yep. you, you put it in and forget yep. it, and it and it splashes differently yeah. or not doesn't doesn't get it. all over your stove. Doesn't top. get all over your stove. You put it in a deeper pan, yep. and then it cooks in its own fat so yep. that. And that's it's good. For, it's good if you have to do if you're cooking for say four people instead of just two, and you want to cook. Yeah, a vat, fourteen slices a, a or something. A vat of bacon, yeah. and uh, what's good about, of course. 
the urge is to pour off the fat to keep cooking it, but if it stays in the fat, the fat is all one temperature. And the bacon is then in a bath of the same temperature, and then the bacon cooks more evenly. Science. Science! <laughs> Science! So I, I, I pegged the, the audio level on that <laughs> what, microphone. What, what was more gratifying, being sort of imitated on Saturday Night Live or being represented on The Simpsons? Oh, oh I don't invest emotions in... What happens to what do you? What does that mean you don't invest emotions? Human I don't, beings are emotional creatures. You can't say that. Oh, sure I can. No, you can't. I, I, you care. Sure I can. You can say you don't care, but you do care. Not to, I, I will try to convince you that mm. I don't. Okay. okay. How, how did you ready? You, yeah. Okay, so I've, I was twice portrayed by um, Keenan Kenan Thompson. Thompson on Saturday Night Live. I was twice parodied by Key and Peele. Oh, nice. Playing me and my wife, <laughs> although they didn't know that my wife has a PhD in astro- in um, mathematical physics, because the wife is being awed by. Oh, how smart I'm, you I'm are. supposed to do my chores, like take out the garbage, <laughs> and I say, but in a multiverse, there is a version of us where there is no garbage at all. That's the one I'm occupying now, and then she walks away. Oh. <laughs> then I don't end up doing the good. It's, it's Neil Tyson not doing his household chores. Um, so I'm, I'm. Can you email me some of those so I can use them at home? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I'm parodied there, and I I was a character on. I mean, I was playing myself on The Simpsons. So I give wide berth to artists, capital A artists. So mm-hmm. sculptors, artists, yep. uh, writers, um, directors, screenplay people, uh, comedians, and. I, I observe, but I don't judge because this they reach for things in the world and in society to create their craft. And if I happen to be a part of that, that is evidence for me that what I've done has reached a mainstream enough level so that it can work in that situation. If I'm being parodied by, by Kenan Thompson, you, the viewer, has to kind of know who I am. Otherwise, the joke doesn't work. Exactly. You, it, it, it's a wasted uh, slot in the in the in the lineup of skits. So, so I'm intrigued by it, and I'm flattered by it. But I'm not, I'm I'm not saying, oh, I like that or I don't like it. And here's why: if I start investing that kind of emotion, then what happens if I don't like it? Then what do I do? Do I pull my hair out? Do I write to the? I, all of a sudden, I have to react to the fact that I don't like it. The fact is. It doesn't matter. Hashtag not worth it. It's not. Just, thank you. <laughs> it's it. It doesn't matter whether I like it or not. It just is. It is what it is. And the is what is it that is. A, is that a Barry White song? It is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I think is what it is is almost a point of philosophy of life. Mm, there like are that. things that happen. Yeah. Deal with it and move on. Observe them, and then and then. Do you, do you know what happens, Neil? What? The, the lightning round happens. Well, I love the lightning and round. And it starts now. You, I love lightning rounds. Either or, and then you are allowed to espouse an opinion or a thought on why you chose that particular thing. So you're only giving me two choices. Well, yeah, suppose we'll there's through. a third or a fourth well, there might that be. you haven't thought of. There might be. May I go there? You may. All right, either or. Ready? Okay. We haven't done this one before, Emma, but I'm going to start. I, can't, I don't know why we haven't, but lightning or thunder? Lightning, of course. It's much why, hot. of course? Oh, because it makes the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning, I, d- I didn't know that. Lightning. There's no thunder without lightning. So of course, who knew that? 
Of Neil course. knew Every, that. Everybody knows no, that. No, no, man. We don't know that. Everybody. Sorry, dude. We don't. Lightning now, now is we like do. 20 times the temperature of the surface of the sun, and it rapidly expands the air, creating a shock wave. And you ever hear the crack of a lightning? Yeah. A bolt. So if the lightning is not straight, the lightning bolt is not straight, it's like at an angle, you could be at the focus point of two sound waves that then come to a peak where you're standing. So you get that crack. That, wow. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. That's why some lightning is just a rumble and others is a snap, crackle, pop. Wow, oh, so lightning. That's a lot more information than I expected. You got to love <laughs> lightning. And by the way, most lightning on Earth is cloud to cloud. And that's best recognized in an airplane flying above thunderclouds. Oh. Then you can you have you can see horizon to horizon. So you catch all the lightning at all times. Oh, it's great. Square slice or triangle slice? Triangle is too showy. And squares are just simple. Let's just do squares. All right. Yeah. By the way, both of those plus one other shape can tile a flat surface. And the other shape is a hexagon. Dude, my head is beginning wait, to Wait, wait. So you can take squares and yeah. tile a surface, triangles, or hexagons. And mm-hmm. technically, a hexagon is just six triangles. So wow. no other shape. Well, pentagons don't work. No. Um, you know, I'm talking about regular shapes of all sides yeah. of the same length. Parallelograms. Yeah, nope. No, not, no, no, not, no, no, not, no, no, not no. the same length. It has to be the same shape. Yeah, same shape. length. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good point. I thought mm-hmm. I was just going to ask about pizza. Yeah, squares. Um, so I'm just being. Um, okay, let me ask you this. You, you, you. Oh, by the way, a piece of slice is technically not a triangle because it has a round. Oh, kit. Jesus. <laughs> I was not <laughs> thinking because you said triangle. I was not thinking pizza. <laughs> you went to uh, UT, right? Uh, I I started graduate school there, but I didn't finish. Okay. I transferred to Columbia University. Oh, all right. In New York, that would have been UT Austin. Go so. Lions! All right, let me yeah. ask you. It's haven't spent some time there. Uh, hands. You spent time in Austin. I mean, yeah, cool. yeah. As a food guy, it's what you do. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question: hand sliced Texas barbecue brisket or hand sliced pastrami from Katz's? Oh, oh, that's basically the same cut of meat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, brisket. Oh, but you only get Ooh. one of them. Ooh. It's like hot ones. It hurts. Ooh. That's a tie. No, no, it's not. No, you, it's you not get a tie. One of them. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I'm going to have to go with pastrami. Pastrami at its best, mm-hmm. for me, will just edge out brisket at its best. Yeah. And because like pastrami has extra flavor, seasoning, yeah, yeah, it's got extra flavor. It's got extra. And of course, if I'm going to do, if you're going to go brisket, you got to go fatty brisket. Oh There's yeah, none of this dry the lean. Like yeah, they, when they ask, where they, they, they go with they, that? I was like, would you like lean? You're like, no, I don't want lean. What? What? Do you, what am I? What? Plus, yeah. here's what you do with the ec- extra brisket. If the lean brisket, here's what you do: you cut it up. Brisket hash the next mm, morning. Yes. With a leftover me- um, baked potato that nobody yes. ate. Oh, yes. You cut that up. And mm. you can throw in some fat for that, but just, yeah, why not? Fr- oh, man. Love me some hash with an uh, over easy oh, uh, egg. egg on mm. the top. There you go. A little hot sauce. I Maybe. can do that. Yeah. No, uh, but n- lately I'm uh, ch- ch- Cholula. <laughs> Cholula. I love Cholula. Man. Not, not too Wh- spicy. Where was that in our life? I, All was, our life. It wasn't around. You were stuck with Who the, invented that? I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. They, they're, they're making the money. Don't worry about you that. You know the story about Tabasco. What? I mean, I know about Tabasco okay. down in Louisiana and okay. owned by the same family. You know who got a big raise in promotion at Tama- Tabasco nope. for one idea? What's that? Okay. <laughs> Tabasco. Okay. What's the, ba- what's the big problem with Tabasco? Too vinegary? No, no, no. No. Uh, it doesn't come out fast enough? It doesn't enough? come out fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, so an employee said, let's make the hole twice as big. Mm. Now everybody uses it. They use twice as much. much. And they got to buy another and, bottle. And, and, they double, and they double the sales. Smart man, <laughs> smart woman, whoever how, thought how, of it. Otherwise, how quickly do you go through a Tabasco? And it makes a great toothpick holder, by the way. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because it's just the right size. You shake it, one toothpick yeah, yeah, comes yeah. out. Um, how, you, how could you not know this? You're a food guy. Uh, 
Apparently, there's a lot I don't know. Dude. I know. Okay, what? Uh, Reggie or Jeter? Ooh, Reggie. Yeah, he's, Reggie. he's, he's, he's of your era more. Uh, sure, but yeah. Reggie brought the Yankees back on the map. Uh, just for, for what it's worth, one of the longest dry spells in Yankees history happened when I was a kid. Mm, yes. And that's just sad. Early 70s, late that's 60s, just just not good. Sad. Do you remember? I came in right after Mickey Mantle, and there I was. They had Joe Pepitone and all these people, and I'm hoping they win. Just and, waiting. And it's just waiting. And 1967, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72. No. And then uh, uh, Steinbrenner beefs up the team. Reggie comes in, and they win in 1977. Yeah, and 78. The, was it? The, the straw that stirs the drink. The best, <laughs> best quote ever. And so, Do you remember the game where he hit the three straight homers in addition to the other one? And by the yeah. way, I think in the next game, yeah. he hit a home run. Yeah, so it was four in a row. Basically four in a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First pitch, yeah. home runs. Crazy. So I think Reggie had the power to completely ignite a crowd. Yeah. And that and the slugger can do that, and that's a, that's always a good thing. So Ajita was homegrown. Can't argue with that. And, good guy. And a good guy. And so, But I, I, if you had to pick... Pick one guy to be on your team. Yeah. For me, it would be Reggie. Reg. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, no, it's be the lightning round. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's, a, it's more of a rolling thunder round. Okay, uh, I'm answering quickly. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving the, which the, the choice quickly, but my explanation is not a lightning. Spa- space Odyssey or Apollo 13? Oh, Space Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. A seminal film, would you say? Yes. Yeah. In every way, for thinking of what the future might be like, they had commercial enterprise operating in that future. There was Howard Johnson's hotel and AT&T phone, and that was a vision of the future that we all just imagined. And that was 1968, imagining the year 2001. So I think in terms of what role it played on our, our personal vision statement for the future, I think there was nothing like it. And by the way, did you know, the mo- you know the monolith? You know the dimensions of the mm-hmm. monolith? No. It's one by four by nine. Okay. Okay, which is one squared, two squared, three squared. Ooh. And it's actually exists in even higher dimensions. So there's a fourth dimension that's twenty five. And so one I by just I just did like the uh, no, fourth I, just, I just did the difference rogues what you talking about, Willis. Look at you right there. What? Where you just said fourth dimension. What I have no idea what you're okay, talking well, so, about. So it's height, width, depth, and there's a fourth dimension. So that, that dimension is 16. So one by four by nine. What by fourth 16. dimension? What is wait, it? What, what? So four squared is 16. And a fifth dimension would be five <sighs> squared is 25. So I think that, the fifth dimension was a band. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a group. Uh, so that monolith exists in multiple dimensions. You only see the three that are accessible to our senses. But my point is, those <laughs> dimensions happen to equal the dimensions of the United Nations tower wow yeah check it out next time <laughs> check it out <laughs> and this is when the united nations was at its most hopeful in the late 1960s we're trying to make a better world so there you go uh beautiful building by the way check it out on the yeah, east side of manhattan they yeah they fixed it up beautiful. all the w- windows are shiny and everything now I think it's an underrated building on the manhattan mm-hmm. skyline uh flat earth or round earth <laughs> mm. I'm going with round. Next. <laughs> You're going to stick with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it, and I'm not even defending that comment. Uh, hot dog, mustard, or ketchup? I combine both. But if Ooh. I had to pick one, it would just be ketchup. I'm oh, a ketchup really? guy. Well, yeah. That's very un-New York of you. It is un-New York, 
But if I had to pick one, it would be ketchup. But actually, I, one side generally I put ketchup, and the other side I, like I put that. mustard. Why not? Then I take Harmony. the dog. Harmony. Then I take the dog and I rotate it. Ooh. And then it brings some of the ketchup into the mustard, and the mustard into the mm. ketchup, and then I eat. And I don't like hot dogs where the dog is not bigger than the bun. I want my first want, bite to be to mostly dog. Out a little snap to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. snap. I don't like you get to the end of the bun and there's just bun. Yeah. Because there's no that's, hot dog that's, left. That's what, BS. You cheated me. Yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan. And Nathan's. Oh, Nathan's. Nathan's, uh, yes. Thank also, you. I love their fries, which aren't even really fries. They're more like potato nuggets. Put potato crisps. Yeah. And you know who has a good burger? I mean, a good dog, by the way, is the the Brooklyn Diner on 57th Street. Oh, It's, right. it's large yeah, yeah. and it's like a meal. But it's like, yeah, this is. Well, if, I, yeah. If if your hot dog were a platter meal, that's where it is. Um, Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant? Oh, oh, I gotta go with Andre. The you original. know, he had a he had a pituitary uh, disorder, and but still still managed to make a career for himself, and he was used in, you know, uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, Princess. yeah, exactly. Some movies. So just uh, as a triumph of the spirit. In spite of whatever hand you were dealt genetically, he managed to still do something with his life. So I applaud that. All right. Two more quick ones. Everyone wants to know. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, please. No. What do you mean, oh, please? Everybody I'm, I'm, I'm going to say you're a Star Trek no, you nerd. You just wasted you're that question. You're a Star Trek of nerd. Of course. You wasted that question on me. Star Trek, of course. They at least but- have some <laughs> attempt at laws of <laughs> physics. Please. Do you think that's why so many more science-y types like Star Trek of because it, it teaches lessons. It's it's, well, it's not only that; reality. they're morality tales yes, in each yeah. in each episode, especially in the original uh, series. But moving forward into the next generation, and I was less of a fan just because I didn't have the occasion to drink in the 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 seasons that followed that. You know, the series that followed the next generation, but um, they they had a morality tale, and this this is the spirit energy. Of Gene Roddenberry, who created the series, he uh, it was a, it was an integrated crew. This you talk about nineteen sixty freaking six United Nations, and there's a black person, there's a Russian person, there's a European, there's an, an American, there's don't forget a, Sulu, Asian, uh, Sulu, Asian, yeah. and uh, Far East Asia, and so because Asia also would be India. So yeah, you yeah. Have to, today you have to watch. Mm-hmm. Be, be careful about that. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, the point is, uh, the first interracial kiss on television was on Star Trek, for example. Very famous kiss. You didn't know was about that. Was that Ohura and, and Kirk? Ohura and Kirk, yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, Kirk, I, I'm not even going to get myself. Well, he kissed anything I, yeah, that walked. I know. I mean, alien. He kissed yeah. no matter the color. Yeah. Right, the funny green. thing is, the funny the, thing the, is he, 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 there was the green. he didn't just kiss the green alien. Yeah. They went off and they went to commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, he's getting some, some, some alien tail and... They, but they get letters when he kisses Lieutenant Uhura. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's how messed up America was at the time. But the the point is, when you tell tales in space, they can be mirrors to our own culture and our own civilization without you explicitly thinking mm-hmm. so. So but you, you get away with it. more. You, you you can get get away with more in a science fiction palette than you could if it was actually taking place here in America. Gotcha. So. Uh, last and Gene Roddenberry knew this. Last question. So did mm. so did Rod Serling with the oh, Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. It's just science fiction. Yeah. But they're Ooh, what, lessons. What? What? Well, what are you? Yeah, what are you complaining talking. about? Oh, that wasn't the. It intent. wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, right, right. Last question: Butter or olive oil for foods I really care about? Yeah. Uh, so when I grill asparagus, okay, I have yeah. a grilling pan, and I grill. Oh, so inside. Yeah, yeah. I. I 
outside they they fall through the yeah the, grids. the, the slits you need a gr- you need a grill basket yeah I do have a grill basket mm-hmm. but the asparagus is too long and I put other <laughs> fr- other vegetables okay. in it. Um, I mean, maybe, put, maybe need a longer basket. <laughs> I need a longer basket. I do have a grill basket, and it works great in ways you don't even think it should work. Yeah, it just actually grills the vegetables. Yeah. Uh, I'll grill um, portobello mushrooms. mushrooms in there and some other things. But if I'm grilling indoors, I have a, a grilling pan, and I will, I will. My first layer in there is going to be olive oil, regular olive oil, not extra virgin. Mm-hmm. Actually, inexpensive virgin olive oil. Okay, not extra virgin yep. olive oil. That's the first layer, and then when it gets sort of hot, hotter, then I put some dollops of butter on it, mm. and then the butter melts into the oil. It doesn't melt on the hot pan itself, and that way you don't burn the butter. It preserves the life of the butter in this, and then I sprinkle it with fresh, or if I can't, don't have a, a dried rosemary and a few other herbs, and it's the best. So I mix the two. So to me, it's a tie. So here's what I do when I'm making popcorn at home. Mm-hmm. I always like putting in slightly too much butter. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, thank you for coming on the Bon Appetit Foodcast. Excellent. We did, I, can, can I talk? Can I say something about the book? Oh, yeah, the book. Well, we're going to talk about the book in the intro, but let's talk oh, about intro. the book. You have a book, but let's talk about the I, book. I wrote a book that has nothing to do with food. Yeah, Accessory to War. Except, except, it's, why do we have a military? Because. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't go keep going. The unspoken alliance between astrophysics and the, and the military. The military, it's, right. It's, so it's, here's, here's it's, the thing. It's unspoken no more. Here's the thing. Uh, you can ask, um, of what value is all this food have to do with national security? I, I could, I could, be, I could imagine. Because yeah. why should you spend hundreds of dollars, and in some restaurants, thousands of dollars on food, when you could eat an equally nutritious meal for 30 cents? Beans and rice. Yeah. That's weird. That's kind of elitist. That's, oh my gosh, we're fat Americans. And so, you know the answer to that? No, but you do. It's the fact that we can and do do that that makes America worth defending. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. Books Ooh. out now. Pick it up. Accessory Again. to war. Yeah, no, it's just, there's a, there's a relationship between those who study the universe and those who wage war that has been around since the beginning. I mean, uh, Galileo perfects the telescope. Rather than look up, he says, oh, let me show this to the Doge of Venice. Let's go to the clock tower. Hey, take a look. You can identify your ship. Is it friend or foe? 10 times farther away than with your naked eye. Doge buys a bunch of telescopes from him. He grinds the lenses. He buys. Now he can go look at the universe and be an astronomer. Mm-hmm. So this this is relationship goes way back. And so we're otherwise rather passive. You know, we don't make the bomb or the missile the way a physicist would. We don't make the napalm the way a chemist would. We don't weaponize anthrax the way a biologist would. We just sit and wait for light to reach our telescope. So we're, the, I'd say, among the humblest of sciences, but we're curiously complicit when our talent is needed by the military where the military has an advance that is needed by us. And so this book is an exploration of this. Well, that's a whole that's other all. podcast, and that's I, <laughs> I, 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 I would have a lot of questions, but I'm just going to leave it at that. Check well, it I'm, out. I'm delighted. By the yeah. way, we set this up. You're, the request came in to yeah. do this, and I wasn't thinking the book. I was thinking I got to talk food because I think about food a lot. And you have enough to say on that subject. But like I said this, this would be a. But, but check, you can. So I'm happy I didn't disappoint you. But check out Star Talk. A uh, Star Talk. Yeah. yeah. And, and occasionally we do food shows. Neil, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.
The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wurtzman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wurtzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.